0: I'm old, so I get to sit in a chair. (laughs) I can get down on the floor, but you don't want to see me get up off the floor. (laughs) So, just let your bodies become relaxed. Be in a posture that allows you to to have your spine straight. Maybe roll your shoulders back, that can really help. Let your arms be, your hands, your arms be relaxed. Your hands can be in your lap with one palm on top of the other, or they can be open with the palms up or the palms down on your upper legs. And in our practice, we, tr- we typically close our eyes, but you can leave your eyes open as well. Just let them gaze down maybe about four feet in front of you. Now just be with your breath. It's okay to take a few intentional deep breaths as you breathe in. Then breathe out. Just let it all go. Just do a few of those deeper breaths in and out, just to help you get really present mind and body all together in this one spot. letting your body know you're shifting into a different mode, letting your mind know. And then just go back to your natural, normal breath, breathing in and out through your nostrils, Just relaxing with each breath, especially the out breath. Let your shoulders drop, let your body relax. Be aware of where you feel your breath. You can feel it around your nostrils. It's very subtle. You can feel the temperature of the air as you breathe in. And then again, as you breathe out, you may feel air brushing across your, the, your upper lip. or you may f- <clears throat> you may feel your breath in your tummy as your stomach goes out as you inhale and contracts as you exhale you can choose one of those spots and just let your focus settle there <coughs> Now, just scan through your body just to do a quick kind of check-in with your physical body. (coughs) A body scan can be a complete meditation. Or you can just use it to to get going. Just start at the top of your head and move down through your body trying to be aware of how how your body is feeling if you find tension or tightness anywhere sometimes your breath can help you loosen that up you can see any tight spot and just imagine that you're breathing into that spot and when you exhale you're just releasing the tension and the tightness but move down through your head and be aware of the back of your skull and the sides and the top be aware of your face there may be a lot of tension in your face Let your jaw drop a little bit. Just let your jaw, your teeth, let the teeth, instead of clenching your teeth, let the bottom teeth just drop just a fraction of an inch so that jaw isn't so tight. Move down through your neck, into both shoulders. Being aware of tension, tightness, discomfort. Also be aware of spots that feel relaxed. Be aware of the places that feel good, comfortable. From both shoulders, move down into both arms, down through your upper arm, your lower arms. Move into your hands and into your fingers. Come back to your upper chest. you may feel your breath a little bit in your upper chest but we want to move our breathing down more towards our diaphragm we breathe in that upper very upper part of the chest Uh, when we're afraid or angry we'll feel our breathing there so when we're relaxed and comfortable just let it Go move down. Get the air all the way down. Then move down to your the middle part of your torso, where your stomach is, and above that the heart. Just keep relaxing. Move down to the pelvic area. Be aware of your gut. Then move down into your hips and your pelvic area. See that you're seated, your seat feels balanced for you. Supporting the rest of your body. Move down into your upper legs. And down into your lower legs. down through your ankles and into your feet. Wiggle your feet a little. Your toes. See if your body feels any more relaxed or if any of the you've been able to breathe some of the tension out of your body. Now just come back to the breath. Send thoughts of kindness and friendliness to yourself. May I be well, may I be content, may I know joy and happiness. May I feel safe in this world, may I be at peace. Just breathe in and out with these blessings. We begin with ourselves, because unless we can feel this for ourselves and feel these blessings working with us, we won't be able to send them out to others. We won't know. May I be well, may I be content, may I know happiness and joy, may I feel safe in the world, and may I live in peace. you can send these same thoughts which are blessings, wishes to your loved ones the people closest to you your family members your friends who are your family when we know how much these blessings mean to us We know other people want the same things, so may all my loved ones be well. May they be content. May they know happiness and joy. May they feel safe in this world, and may they know peace. And we'll stay with just those two groups, ourselves and our loved ones, today. Sometimes that's how tight our world can get for us. Or even even sending loving-kindness to ourselves is a challenge. so you know in your own prav- private practice you can go you can go out to extending love and friendliness kindness to all beings everywhere but now just come back to your breath Letting your breath be your anchor. Just be aware of everything going on around you and in you. Just letting it go through you, flowing through you. Be aware of the sounds. Just be aware of them as sound. Try not to start labeling. Try to Try not to judge. Be aware of the light coming through your closed eyes. Be aware of any fragrances you may smell. Be aware of any taste in your mouth or just if your mouth is dry. Be aware of your body touching the floor or the chair, how your clothes feel on your body. Be aware of the thoughts in your head. Try just letting them come and go, just flow through. Be aware of the thoughts, but don't get distracted by them. Don't make them into stories. Thank you. Be- before we start the uh, medit, uh, chanting, I need one of the little chanting books if there's an extra one. <laughs> uh, Bhante Asaji asked me to uh, introduce myself because I, a lot of, so many of you I don't know. A lot of old friends, not old, but a lot of people I've known a long time. But uh, uh, there are so many of you that I've never met before. Uh, I'm Wimala, and I was a nun here for 14 years. And a year ago, a little, maybe 15 months ago, I made the decision to disrobe and become a layperson again. So my life has not changed very much, but I, I my hair is growing out, and I have to wear. I have to make decisions about clothes, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is not fun. <laughs> um, so, uh, Bhante Sujata and the monks have asked that I come back and speak occasionally and lead. I'll lead a once a month a Tuesday morning meditation and. Uh, maybe once a month do a talk. So this is the first talk I've done in a long time, like over 15 months. <laughs> and during COVID, of course, for the years that we were uh, going through COVID, uh, I was not here at the temple. So it's actually been quite a long time. I still teach a book group on Zoom. I'm I'm addicted to Zoom. I That's where most of my life is spent, I think, uh, I, I lead the book group for the temple and I also do the sutta study on Zoom, which, and both of those groups pick up people from our Blue Lotus in Florida and some from the, uh, there are people all over. Now we claim to be an international group because we have people from Canada <laughs> in the, in the sutta study and the book group, so. Uh, those are continuing because there are a lot of people that that can't even get here or live too far away to get here. <laughs> so, um, th- I I uh, I've wanted just briefly, and this is why I chose the topic I did. It's been a I've had a really bad year. I'm not even gonna. It's and I didn't I don't realize how bad it's been until I went back a few weeks ago and someone reminded me. Like my mother died at the very beginning of the year. So, uh, that, and, and I was with her when she died and that it was, but she lives in Tennessee or lived in Tennessee and, uh, then, then had COVID. I was with her in the hospital for two weeks. So when I left the hospital, I pretty much had COVID. So I, the week after she died, I was in bed at my brother's house in their basement with COVID. And, uh, then came back and, uh, within, a f- within about three months after that was diagnosed with cancer. So let's see, my mom died, then I had COVID, then I, then I had surgery. And then after all the surgery had healed up, I had, uh, you know, six weeks of uh, radiation every day. And then I had physical therapy. And so that brought me up to the end of the year. I finished. Uh, radiation like two days before Christmas so didn't didn't get to go to be with my family at Christmas Um, so when I think about the difficulties in this pre-COVID world it my, my last year's not been a good one and and I've struggled with the lack of sunshine and prob and I know a lot whenever I talk to other people about it other people have said say the same thing hasn't been a very good year or the lack of Sun and the kind of crazy weather has been difficult and um, we all have had we all have gone through a lot just as a uh, just as a country we've gone through a lot of very devastating things that uh, I, now I try not to watch news. If I, I try to read news. I, I don't want to see the images. I, get, I have enough I can visualize just from reading the news. But,
1: uh-huh? I don't watch news at all because it's very disturbing. I, I, tend, I tend to not really um, watch news at all. I tend to just get information from other people.
0: That's a, that's a good idea.
1: I, can find for, I can try to get it from other people because to watch more positive shows. But if I, if I need to know something, I'll ask someone i someone know and trust.
0: I was gonna say you have a good per- have someone you trust to tell you the news. Make sure they're as unbiased as- well that that's impossible in this country now. But that's good. I don't I don't watch it either because it's it does become too repeti- repetitive and so I know that's what people are dealing with. So Now we're going. Now you know who I am. So now we're we're going to do the chanting. (laughs) Uh, So, and I I wanted to remind you. This was uh, Todd gave me this advice, and I, you know, a lot. If you're new or you haven't been here very often, this you may not know that this chanting book is what we're chanting from every every time we chant. So there's some writing in here, a little bit about the practice of it, but we begin the chants on page, we start off on page four. And then we some of the chants we'll do we do in Polly. And you can if you if you've been coming for a long time you know you know all this and you know the chanting. But uh, most of the chants we do, we do in Pali and then we do will do in English as well, which is a really good way to learn. So um, just remember that's what we're doing. We're going straight through and then you can follow along. <laughs>
1: Are hato samma sambuddhase namo tassa bagewato hato samma sambuddhase namo tassa bagewato hato Sama Sambuddhase Budang Saranang Gacchami Dhammang Saranang Gacchami Saranang Gacchami Dutiyampi Budang Saranang Gacchami Dutiampi sangan Saryan Gachami Dutiampi Sang Saryan Gachami Tatiampi Budang Saranang Gachami Tatiampi damang sarenang gachami Tatiampi sangang sarenang gachami Hanicha water.
0: Mind is chief, mind made are they. If with a corrupted mind, one should either speak or act. Suffering follows caused by that, as does the wheel follow Mind is a forerunner of all states. Mind is chief, mind made are they. If with a clear and confident mind, one should either speak or act. Happiness follows caused by that, as one shadow that never leaves. Amen. We believe in for others. we believe a skillful, noble path marked by generosity. We believe generosity has many levels. Think generously, speak generously, act generously. We believe generosity is the heart of our spiritual practice. And this practice allows us to become more open, accepting, and forgiving. We believe extending generosity to ourselves and others is a direct way of healing division, bringing joy, and nurturing the spiritual community to come. May I become at all times, both now and ever, a protector for those without protection. A guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a refuge for those who lack shelter, and a to all in need. By means of these meritorious deeds, join with the unwise. Only the wise, until the time I attain nibbana. Okay. Well, I've already started the talk, so (laughs) I uh, have—I do have notes. I don't usually have notes, but I uh, have—if I have a list of something, I never can remember everything in the list. Um, I wanted to talk about dealing with difficult times and how, how, if you're studying the teachings of the Buddha, you can—you can use some of this advice, hopefully. Uh, and you all, and you do have tools. So we do have ways to deal with, uh, what's happening in the world and how maybe help if you're in a difficult situation or a stressful situation or you just, you have issues that you're trying to work with, which we usually all are all the time. Uh, the Buddha's taught us ways. You know, his teaching is, his teaching was about ending suffering. Because he he knew as a human himself that we want to be happy and we want to uh, not have stress. If you if we translate suffering into modern day language, a lot of translators use the word stress. So we we especially know that uh, these days. So I was I I read. Uh, Something that an article that was given to me, the Bhai Bonte, uh Biku Thanasaro Biku, and he's he's really a, a very uh, amazing Theravada monk, and he's uh, an American and he has a big monastery in a uh, little bit north of uh, San Diego, and he writes his books are very good and he's a very good teacher. He's also pretty. He's big, I, kind of doesn't. I don't think he laughs a whole lot. And that was my personal, not like the monks that we're used to seeing, at, or you know, that uh, at Blue Lotus. And he's very, uh, he's hardcore <laughs> in a in a in a different way. <laughs> so I read his article and I thought, wow, he's uh, he I, he. That w- was about gratitude. So my talk is about gratitude. And so when I first read uh, Thanissaro's article about gratitude, he pretty much limits the Buddha's teach, the Buddha only taught about having gratitude to someone who has done something very uh, beneficial for you. So he talks about the gratitude that we should have for our parents, our birth parents, because they're the ones who brought us into this world. And how that gratitude can never be, uh, never. We can ne- no matter what we do, we can't repay our gratitude to whoever brought us, got us here. I mean, they may not. And and he was, he was very clear too. They may not be the best people. Our parents may not have done the. We may we may not have been raised by our parents. Uh, they may have all kinds of. They may be human too, <laughs> and have all kinds of human issues. But he, but he said, despite that, the, just the gratitude for them giving birth to us and allowing us to have this human life, which is so important and was important to the Buddha, that's our human life when we can grasp concepts and kind of get this, get all of this kind of embedded in us. But he said, Those are that's a gratitude that we can never repay. It's too great to repay. But we also have gratitude for our teachers and for people who have helped us understand things in the, in this life and people who have done, it's the, the way Thanissaro says the Buddha taught it was uh, kindness and gratitude go together. And so they teach each other. Kindness teaches gratitude and gratitude teaches kindness. So uh, we're learning from the people that we're, we're grateful to you know they've done that's like they've done great kindness to us maybe maybe in a way that wasn't a, like a teacher who may have been very strict but we later on or even things about the way we were raised uh later on when we grow up we understand and we we see things more clearly so we can have more gratitude so um if you if you didn't understand your parents when they were young. When you get older, you may have a lot of gratitude because you realize they were a lot better than a lot of other parents you see, or you become a parent and you see how hard it is. But we we have uh, we develop gratitude for the people that help us understand the world and who teach us. And um, he said, uh, Thanasaro. It feels that the that the Buddha didn't didn't talk about gratitude in just general appreciation. So he he was I think he was basically saying a lot of the kind of the world ha- has and maybe Buddhism has slipped into some kind of new age practices or hippy dippy practices <laughs> like we're grateful for the you know every flower and every leaf and every and there's uh that that I get the I get the feeling that he's talking when he talks about he he's kind of cruel about gratitude has this one function and uh it's not about appreciating everything so i ag- i disagreed with him in his his uh, heavy, hard line about gratitude. I agree with everything he says about it. But I think for us to be happy, we have to extend that gratitude out just to, uh, just, we have to keep extending it out. And so then I kept looking further for some deep te- Buddhist teachings that would help me, uh, legitimize what I think about gratitude. <laughs> so I found some. And it's um so the the yeah, the Buddha only talks about gratitude as a response to kindness, and so that and he doesn't talk about it as just in the kindness, the kindness of someone who's really, really helped you, and it's mostly to a person, it's not to a thing, and during the pandemic, I had a lot of gratitude towards. Trees and squirrels—they <laughs> were, they were my survival. So uh, I really felt like it's not just to people that we have gratitude. So um, he does, and he doesn't equate it with appreciation in general. And the uh, this, these are still notes from uh, Thanissaro, he says that this is a way to understand his uh, appreciation it's it is a kind of appreciation that inspires a more demanding response so if you have a so if you if you have gratitude towards a teacher your that demanding response is that you study hard and you learn what that teacher has of value for you and you and you 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 get it. You get what the teachers taught you, taught you, and you don't throw it away. You don't waste it. And he has—he gives an example about a about a raft that that was a little a little. Uh, it's not. You know, we've all heard the story of the raft that that we build a raft to get us across a river, but then we don't need the raft anymore. So, there comes a point when we don't need that raft, so we just let it go. We don't drag it around with us. well, where where Biku Sanasaro has sees this image of building the raft and then letting it go after it's served its purpose, he sees that as an example, not for getting how we go through the teachings, which is how it's usually taught, and reach a place where we don't no, don't need certain teachings anymore but he uses it to say that that's uh we get we don't hang on to that raft because we're we don't have to keep appreciating it you know like dragging it around appreciating it the rest of our lives so that was not a, that that was not that story and his his response about it was difficult for me to grasp but he did say, he talked about um, the, our parents. So, in addition to our teachers, he feels that we have responsibility to our parents. Like, we don't, our appreciation can be repaid to a lot of people because we, we share the Dhamma with them. And Dhamma is just the truth. We share those best parts that we're learning uh that the best way we can repay gratitude and he is, he especially talks about repaying it to our parents uh you, we can repay gratitude to those to those people who have helped us by sharing the truth with them sharing what we've learned and and that that includes integrity and virtue and uh generosity so those are, the, those are the ways we repay gratitude. So in his, what he says about uh, sending, this is the part that I disagreed with him, and, and other, maybe others of you can understand this better than I do. Um, he says, for all other appreciation of things that don't model kindness, so there may be things like that, that that don't necessarily model kindness from people or things. You don't owe any debt of gratitude um, because they didn't go out of their way to help. They are not models. So if so, he also is talking about uh, true kindness. So this is where he sees gra- gratitude and kindness connected. If it's real kindness, it's Doing something to help you. It's not just uh, you know just uh, uh, saying something. It's it's uh, it's seeing how you need help. It's seeing how they can make that kind turn that kindness into an action. So that's how kindness informs gratitude. And he says we need models of powerful acts of kindness to teach us. So that's what we're. That's when the gratitude is there for us to share. So the the way we he wants us to repay our friends and our teachers uh, is through teaching conviction, which is confidence, faith. virtue generosity and discernment so he that's this is why the Buddha said that gratitude is the quality that defines what it means to be civilized and I had never heard that I had never heard that as a quote before so yeah, (laughs) yeah I know Gratitude is the quality that defines what it means to be civilized. So, I, I are you aware of that quote? I've never, uh, I've never read it, but it's it's very it's so. But he's saying this is a very very important quality. So, whether we're only uh, having such a deep uh, reaction to that. the, the there, I think we can see gratitude in lots of different ways. So I did find and a lot, there are seven suggestions that I found about uh, increasing our level of, of gratitude in general and they're by Buddhist different Buddhist teachers. and several of them are I, I recognize as being teachers in the Tibetan tradition. But I thought these were very good. We know that scientists have said that uh, people who express gratitude are happier and healthier. So we know scientifically that gratitude, express gratitude, helps us. It it helps keep. It helps with some of the the uh, hormones in our body. helps us Helps us stay healthy. But here, here are seven different ways to think about to think about gratitude. I think these are good to think about uh, and remember. And I've I've been in my own kind of wanting to get kind of lifted up out of the the past year. I've thought a lot about gratitude as a as a way. I've been thinking a lot about gratitude as a way to express. And for me, that means you know the squirrels and the trees and all the everything, but it it I knew that being grateful for, being aware of being grateful and being aware of what there is to be grateful for would be a way out of the kind of malaise that I was feeling in. So the first one in this list of seven is be grateful for nothing. And and then they be grateful that nothing bad has happened. <laughs> you know, be grateful when uh, if you're if you're in school, be grateful when the dog doesn't eat your homework. <laughs> when you uh, so so have gratitude when there when stuff isn't going bad or go or or falling apart. So if your life feels boring, be grateful for that. <laughs> that means there's you've lost, there's not a lot of drama in it. The second one is make gratitude your central spiritual practice. And, and that's what I had decided on my own before I read this. I had decided that just needs to be my practice for a while. That needs to be where my focus is. It's on It's on being grateful. You know, I I had cancer. I had a surgery, I had radiation. I don't have cancer anymore. So it, it it's it's uh it was and it was very easy when I was going through radiation treatment to meditate while I was going through those treatments. I know probably several of you have had radiation, but that was a time I could be completely just that 15 minutes was like Totally devoted to meditation because I could let my mind just let go, you know. And I was I was grateful for having the practice to be able to do that. Otherwise, you could you could be torturing yourself while you were going through that treatment. You know, it could be. And I and I had a lot of gratitude just for the people that I met, uh, the doctors and the people and these these people come up in. Gratitude as well. So the second one, make gratit. No, the second one is make it make gratitude a central spiritual practice. The third one is <laughs> appreciate irritating people. <laughs> now, it, this is one of the categories that uh, Thanissaro Bhikkhu doesn't. He doesn't say appreciate uh, irritating, annoying people. Because he says you only can be, have gratitude for the ones who give you great—they have take great kindness and give you a lot of wisdom and teaching. But this this list, which I like, I like a lot, says appreciate irritating people because that had become part of my practice too—to appreciate those people. Um, there's this, and then most of you probably know the slogan practice. <clears throat> I brought one of my. I brought a card, and I did something with it. Oh, I think I tucked it into this. Okay, so if you, if you, it's typically it was brought into Tibet the practice of slogans by Atisha, who was perhaps the monastic who brought Buddhism into Tibet. But he taught his teaching was all in slogans, and I know in the bookstore that. Uh, Tessa has some slogans. The slogans by uh, Pema Chodron teaches slogans, and her book. She's written two books that are all about those slogans. So this is one. This is the one that I that I. This might even be that. This is the one of. This is I've had this. You. The very first time I w- became a Buddhist, I was in the Shambhala tradition. And the very first, for about seven years, the very first time I went to meditate was in a Shambala in Milwaukee at the Shambhala Center, and they had these cards on little stands all over the place, and I, that, that was the first thing I became fascinated with. I, I didn't know anything about Buddhism. But I didn't even, this is the card I've had up in my, uh, by my Buddha at home. I don't change it, I don't change it. It's always the card I have up. And it's called Always Maintain Only a Joyful Mind. And I think this is his gratitude. Uh, So the commentary then is on the flip side of the card and it explains the card. Constantly apply cheerfulness. <clears throat> if for no other reason than because you are on this spiritual path, and I don't know about you, but there have been times when that's been the only reason I've been able to, to feel or to, to, to be cheerful is just knowing, wow, I have a path that can help me through a lot of this, uh, what, whatever's going on in life. So have a sense of gratitude to everything, even difficult emotions, because of their potential to wake you up. So I I that's where I disagree with Dhanasaro Bhikkhu. I think have I think uh, appreciating irritating people and, and appreciating uh difficult emotions, I think that we can appreciate those because they can be really good teachers. And, uh, sometimes even recognizing people who are irritating or emotions that are difficult, uh, even recognizing those things we should appreciate because a lot of times, you know, we put up with things from people for long, long periods of time, not realizing that they're maybe, uh, difficult people because they're toxic people or they they have they've just kind of created we feel like they're people that we we love and care for so we put up with a lot of stuff that we don't need to put up with but we can be grateful for those people because of what they teach us about those irritating qualities too so the fourth one is become highly responsive to the kindness we do receive so because always being aware that the relationship between kindness and gratitude is very important. So when you do have kindness from people who help you, from people who teach you, from people who love you and uh, are there in your lives, and th- that's, um, that's when I thought about so it. So kind and grateful people are rare and that is a quote from the buddha that when he talks about that so it's rare to to find kind people and it's rare to find people who are grateful for kindness so that's that's something to always remember so be become highly responsive to kindness received so don't let it go unnoticed you know don't be aware that you've been be, your gratitude includes that awareness of what a special thing that kindness was. Look to see, look for the silver lining. So that means to train to see a positive in the presence of <coughs> negatives. So that's that's a that may be difficult at times to look to see a silver lining. So, uh, you may. some of you may have examples of that where you've had a, a big negative and you've turned it in, found, you don't necessarily turn it into a positive, but you find the positive aspects of it. So number seven. No, I forgot, I, the, page six, stuck to page five, the one before. Uh, and also nurturing a positive good was something he mentioned. Um, so, and all of you have probably heard the story of the man who's running about. To, he's being chased by a mountain lion, <clears throat> mountain lion, and is about to, it, to reach the edge of the cliff. So he has to jump off the cliff. But he looks down and there's a bear right down where he would fall. And so he has no other option, but as he falls, he grabs onto a big vine or a branch that's uh, growing out from the side of the cliff, and uh, he's hanging on to that. But there's still the bear down at the bottom. And suddenly he sees these two little mice come out of a little opening in the cliff, and they start chewing on this vine. <laughs> and then he notices there's a strawberry, and so he reaches... Over with his one hand and takes a strawberry, and he smiles as he eats it. It's so nice and sweet. That's the story. <laughs> I think it's a Zen story, but that's the that's the story. Um, <clears throat> nurture any positive seed. <laughs> so number six is extend mindfulness, expand the mind to see clearly the factors that make your life possible and plant and. Pleasant. So I'll read that again. Expand your mindfulness. Expand your mind. You want to see clearly all the factors that make your life possible and pleasant. So you all know, that as Americans, we live in the most pleasant of conditions. Uh, maybe not mentally, <laughs> I mean, maybe not uh but we have we have the most comfortable living conditions probably in the world um we're not you know even in Europe there's Ukraine is happening in the in Europe and putting all countries there at danger because of nuclear explosions and uh, things that can happen and uh, other parts of the world we, we whether we like it or not you know we all have a we all have a comfortable life compared to the rest of the world and so our pleasant and our pleasant conditions we we should try to expand our mindfulness to even be including the fact that we have and they and these aren't necessarily bad things these are the factors that make our lives even possible like medical care if you have insurance but we do have medical care we're not we're not living in a country where it's impossible even to get it or to even find doctors or uh, medicine so our mindfulness should always include those things because that can be one of those things that is the positive seed and um Philip Moffat is also a, a really good Buddhist teacher, and he's he's written a lot of good books. Be consciously grateful to all who came before you, who made it possible for your existence to be comfortable, to be informed, and to be empowered. Mentally note each day people who invisibly serve us by providing our basic needs. So think of the people who came before us that you know invented certain drugs and kept uh, kept medicine and science alive even in tough times uh, people who came before us and are are continuing to to uh, spread the teachings of the Buddha so the in all the different, positive things in the world from people from the past who just by being, I mean farmers, who, who uh, figured out how to plant things and grow things. But I think we looked at that up yesterday. It was like 8,500 years ago farming was invented. <laughs> so we can go back at least that far and think about the people who, who figured out that they could grow things. Uh, I, I thought what came to my mind was how how many people kept working during the pandemic, when the re- when most of us could stay at home. Uh, all everyone in the medical profession, people who worked in grocery stores or delivery places, uh, restaurants. Were most restaurants were open? Maybe not for people to come in, but they were. Most of them were delivering things, so they were working and. Uh, keeping things going, and all the people every day who are just doing things to make our lives, you know, we get our garbage picked up. We don't have to drag it somewhere and burn it. And there are people, there are all those people that we forget about, but their jobs are to make our life comfortable. And they work very hard doing it, so it's it's, uh, a... that's something to always be, if you run out of things to be grateful for, I think that's what, those are the, that's the best one to think about. So, uh, these are just suggestions, but if you, you are, now spring might be coming, we're not sure anymore. So the sunshine is great, and I, I know when it's a sunny day, it does a lot for my, uh, my general mood. But for a lot of us, we'll just have kind of a, spring will be here and everything will be great but there are times when this world is really pushing us with all the lessons it can teach us and what can go wrong will go wrong so we don't necessarily have happy times ahead just because the weather changes so hopefully just thinking about gratitude and and getting that link between kindness and gratitude so think about when you when you're when you're being the one who's giving someone that great that great kindness, uh, that can be that can be sharing something that has helped you sharing something that's true for you that or some something that you've learned uh, in your own practice. Don't be afraid to share it. You don't have to do it like a, a preacher, but you can do it as a friend or you can do it uh, to, you can model the best way, the best way to teach someone is just to model the behavior. So you don't ever have to be proselytizing and knocking on people's doors or sticking pamphlets in their, pamphlets in their faces. You can just be what, what it is that you're, you're, that you are becoming and the, the way you live is what teaches them. So thank you very much.